You are listening to Revival Talk. I'm Pastor Terry Bailey, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. The message in this podcast is from a recent radio program entitled Midnight Praise. I want to talk to you this morning about Midnight Praise praise. I know Dr. Pauline Hughes has talked to you about midnight prayer, but I want to just kind of take a little different angle on that and talk to you about midnight praise. But I want to call your attention this morning to Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 16, and I'm going to read through verse 26. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that her hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. They brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitudes rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, I want you to underline that in your Bible. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Acts 16 records what we would define as Paul's Macedonian call. The Lord changed his plans. Sometimes God will change your plans and send you in a new direction. The Lord was allowing Paul to move to a new place. Paul was going to continue preaching the gospel and planting churches in Asia. But God redirected his steps and sent him to the continent of Europe. In verses 6 through 10 of Acts 16, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the reason of Galatia, and they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, and after they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. God is calling Paul to take new territory for the kingdom. Any time you set out to take new territory for the kingdom, you're going to meet the enemy. There's going to be a clash of kingdoms. We have a spiritual weapon in our arsenal, a secret weapon. It is a weapon of praise. For the last few weeks, I've been talking about the power of praise in our church. Psalms 27, verse 6, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. 
Hebrews 13, 15 encourages us, therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Our secret weapon is the sacrifice of praise. This is praise and worship that cost us something. It is a heartfelt praise offered from a heart filled with gratitude for the goodness and mercy of God. When this praise is released, it creates confusion in the enemy's camp. Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well in Samaria in John 4:23, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, but the Father is seeking such to worship him. Praise will produce an expectancy in our heart. God is looking for a people today who will praise him in trying times, in the face of difficult circumstances, and in every situation of life. Will we be that people today. Dr. Dick Eastman writes in his book, Heights of Delight. He said, worship provides an opportunity to encounter God in all his fullness firsthand. So this morning, I want to talk to you not about a secret weapon, but about a secret, secret weapon of praise. If the sacrifice of praise is a secret weapon, then I believe that we have a secret, secret weapon of praise. We call it midnight or breakthrough praise. Do you know the midnight hour is known as the witching hour? Listen to what the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines the witching hour as. The time late at night when the powers of a witch, magician, etc. are believed to be the strongest. And over the last couple of weeks, I've had this thought of offering God a dangerous praise. What is a dangerous praise? It's a praise that dares to believe God. It is a faith-filled declaration of praise for what God has done in advance of the breakthrough. A dangerous praise is a praise that looks the enemy in the eye and says, no matter what you do, I'm going to hold on to the promise of God. No matter what you do, I'm going to go after God. No matter what you do, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to praise in advance of my breakthrough. Psalms 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalms 34 verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Our text from Acts 16:25 reads, But at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly, I want you to hear that word, suddenly, in a moment, suddenly, the, the anointing of God came. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. I want you to note that the prison was shaken. We're living in a time when everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Even today, Cuba, South Africa, other countries, Lebanon, there's all kinds of problems in those nations, in our own nations. I want to tell you, we're living in a time of shaking. We're living in a time of upheaval in nations. But in the midst of that, we're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You and I can stand in the midst of shaking in the midnight hour when it's the darkest, just before the dawn, and we can give God a midnight praise. And what will happen? I believe that God will send a Holy Spirit earthquake to shake those things that have held us in bondage and open the doors of that which has kept us in captivity. So let's look at a couple of things about midnight praise. First of all, midnight praise is expectant praise. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. 
Do you know that midnight begins what we call the third watch of the night? It begins at 12 a.m. and continues to 3 a.m. That's a time when there's heightened spiritual activity. That's a time when there's a lot of activity going on in the spirit realm. Dr. Chuck Pierce writes in his book, Reordering Your Day, the third watch is linked with the concept of Peter's denial. Instead of watching, Peter hid in fear. The Lord warned that he would deny him three times before the cock crowed. If we will watch prior to the crowing of the crock, our faith will be made strong. It was during this watch that Peter denied the Lord three times. It was at midnight that the death angel passed through Egypt, striking all the firstborn of the land. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 29 through 31, And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captain, who was in a dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. So he called for Moses and Aaron by night and says, Arise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Listen, the midnight hour brought deliverance to the children of Israel. It's at midnight God will bring deliverance. It's at midnight that God will bring provision. It's at midnight that God will answer and hear our praises. But God wants us, you and I, to praise him in the midnight hour. You see, power is released when we pray, when we sing, when we worship and give praise to God at midnight. Psalms 119, verse 61 and 62. The cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forgotten your law. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgment. The third watch is during a time of spiritual warfare. There's heightened demonic activity. This is a time when God will visit us in dreams. Pay attention to your dreams. God often speaks to us in dreams. That's when we're quietest. That's when he's got our full attention. And God will come and speak to you in a dream. There's language in the scriptures that we can use to interpret the dreams that God will give us. The Bible says that it is the duty of a king to search out a matter. Paul and Silas are imprisoned unjustly for casting a demon of divination out of a young girl who was disrupting their meetings. On the outward appearance, it looks like that she is affirming them. But the truth is, this is a demonic distraction that's coming to hinder them. We have to be careful that we discern what is of the Lord, what is of the flesh, and what is of the enemy. And what happened is, is uh, the word divination there, she had a spirit of divination The word divination can be translated as python. The spirit of python is a manifestation of witchcraft. A python is a constricting snake. It lives up in the heights and it descends down on its prey. And what it does is it wraps itself around its prey. And every time that prey will draw a breath, it will suffocate. And it will, just, it will kill that prey by suffocating. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take your breath away. Is it any wonder in this season of COVID, in this time when we're dealing with COVID, that COVID takes your breath away? Listen, this spirit of divination, this spirit of python is a manifestation of witchcraft. The enemy's a counterfeiter, and he seeks to use divination as a substitute for true biblical prophecy. You see, we have the ability to hear the voice of God and be led by the Spirit. As mature believers, we shouldn't have to go off and find somebody to hear God's voice for us, but we should be able to hear God's voice, and then when someone speaks, it should confirm what God is saying. He that has an ear, 
let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Fifteen times in the New Testament, more than any other command, we're commanded to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to his people. So this deliverance created a dilemma for Paul and Silas. They're imprisoned. Acts 16, verse 19 through 23, but when their master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Now, they were not only placed in the prison, but verse 24 says they were put into the inner prison, and their feet were fastened with the stocks. So they've been beaten. They're in the inner prison, in the solitary confinement. Their feet are fastened with stocks. They are there in a bad place in a tough condition. Most of us would be trying to get our attorneys on the phone. Most of us would be trying to write to our congressman or get somebody to help us because we would have been unjustly put into prison. But I want you to see what they did. Here at midnight, they have have experienced a very cruel beating at the hands of the Roman authorities. And at midnight, beaten and locked in the inner prison, their only crime is preaching the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. What did they do? How did they respond? I'll tell you what they did. They sang praises to God. They gave God a dangerous praise. Listen, when your back has been beaten, when your feet are locked in stocks and bonds, when you're in a place that you are there because of injustice, when you're shut up in a prison, and maybe it's not a physical prison, maybe it's a prison that the enemy's built for you, maybe it's a prison of emotion, maybe it's some type of prison of, of health issues, and you're locked in that prison, what do you do? I'll tell you what we do. Instead of murmuring and complaining, we give praise to God. That's a dangerous praise. Midnight praise is a dangerous praise. Remember what we said earlier. It is our secret, secret weapon. So midnight praise is expectant praise, but I want you to notice, secondly, that midnight praise is expressive praise. This is not a quiet praise. This, this is not uh, just being reverent and bowing our heads and having a moment of silent prayer. There are times when you and I have to lift our voices. We shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Maybe in a future setting, I'll share with you about the power of the shout. How when Joshua and the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho, they blew the, the shofars and then they gave a shout, the walls came down. Sometimes you have to shout to get the walls to come down. Sometimes you have to shout to get your breakthrough. I would encourage you. I have several in my church. I encourage them. I said, I want you to wake up at midnight and for a little while between midnight and 3 a.m. pray and intercede. And one young lady came in uh, just Sunday and she said, Pastor, I must share this testimony. I've been getting up at midnight every night, and I've been praying at the midnight hour and praising at the midnight hour. And she said, I was going to go to this place and just do a devotion for some ladies there. But she said, after I went there, they called me and said, would you come and come on staff? She said, they're going to hire me to be on staff in this ministry to minister to women because of midnight praise. So midnight praise is expectant praise. When I praise, I'm expecting God to work. I'm expecting God to move. That's faith. That's praise that is mingled with our faith together. But midnight praise is expressive praise. 
I believe that Paul and Silas experienced deliverance and breakthrough because they gave God expressive praise. You see, when we give God expectant praise at midnight, the witching hour, it becomes the breakthrough hour. We take what the enemy means for harm and we turn it for good. An expressive praise is a demonstrative praise. Now, what is a demonstrative praise? Well, Psalms 103 verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I was driving from a meeting just a few weeks ago, and I was just worshiping and, and praying and just meditating on the Lord there in my vehicle as I was driving down the road, and the Lord spoke to me. My wife and I have been praying about a particular matter, and the Lord said, Son, the work is done. Just begin to praise me. Praise me in advance of the manifestation and the breakthrough, and watch me work on your behalf. So that's what we begin to do. We just begin to praise God in advance of the breakthrough. Sometimes you need to look the enemy in the eye and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. So Satan, I'm not going to take your fear. Satan, I'm not going to take your condemnation. Satan, I'm not going to take your sickness today. But I'm going to stand in a place of praise, and I'm going to worship you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So how do we give praise to God? Let me give you just some practical things that we can do. Number one, we praise him with our voice. Acts 16, 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Psalms 47, verse 1, oh, clap your hands, all your people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. Psalms 47, 6, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. Psalms 149, verse 6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Psalms 71, verse 8, let their mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all today. I'm just going to pause there for one moment and give God a praise break. Lord, we praise you and thank you today, and we lift our voices to declare that you are God. There's none like you. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing impossible to you, and we just bless you today in the name of the Lord, and we magnify you and lift you up. So we praise him with our voice, but then we praise him with our hands. Psalm 63, verse 4, thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Psalms 143, verse 6, I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a dry, thirsty land. Selah. It's Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 6, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. 1 Timothy 2, verse 8, I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. So we praise him with our hands. When you lift your hands, that is an act of surrender. That is a universal sign of surrender. When soldiers are defeated and they come out and surrender themselves, they come out not pointing their guns, but they come out with their hands lifted up. When we lift up our hands, we're saying, Lord, I surrender all that I am to all that you are today. So we praise him with our hands. We praise him with our voice. But then notice we can praise him with our feet. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 20, then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and dances. Psalms 149, verse 3, let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. There was a time in our churches 
that we used to do a thing called dancing in the spirit. My question is, have we become so starchy? Have we become so lethargic? Have we become so traditional that we no longer dance before the Lord? There's power in the dance. A few years ago, I made my first trip. I've been, I think, four, maybe five times to the nation of Panama. And we go into a village there called Arahan, and it's up in a mountain. And in the mountains there, there's a great church that we work with. It's called the Temple of the Living God. And I've never met a people quite like that. I would just simply say it has to be experienced because it can't be explained. They have cell groups that go all over their city, and they get people saved every week in these 40-plus cell groups where they're preaching the gospel and they're discipling people. They have a tremendous service. But the, the pastor came under attack of witchcraft. And the Lord said the way that you're to break the attack of Satan is the first week of each month should become a first fruits for me. And you gather the people and you worship. And he has this great big front porch on the front of his house up in the mountains. You drive up into the mountains there and you go and they gather on the front porch and they lift, they lift up the Lord in worship and man, people dance before the Lord. And I've never quite experienced anything like it, though I've been to many countries and I've seen worship in many nations, but I've never experienced something quite like this. So as I was there in that first setting with them, watching them dance with all their might, and worship with all of their hearts. I said, Lord, what are they doing? And here's what the Lord said to me. They're dancing, number one, to overcome witchcraft and oppression. But they're dancing, number two, because they're overcomers. I want to tell you we can praise him with the dance. We can sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. And then notice last, we praise him with our actions. Prayer Praise and worship are all elements of worship. When the Lord said he's seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, all of those are elements of worship. So how do we praise him with our actions? I simply call this the go of God. Go in his strength, go in his power, go in his authority. Now what was the result of their midnight praise? Acts sixteen twenty six. suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And if you read on down there, here's what it says. They started having revival right in the prison house. Listen, persecution's not coming, it's here. I don't know what we're going to face, but here's what I know. With God on our side, with the Holy Spirit down on the inside of us, with the word of God on our lips and midnight praise, I believe we can come and we can overcome anything the enemy brings our way. See, greater is he, the one we serve, than the enemy. Let's not magnify what the enemy's doing today. Let's magnify what the Lord is doing and what the Lord is saying. I believe we're at the verge of a great outpouring and revival like we've never seen in my lifetime. And that's one reason I'm making this trip across the country. It's about a 18 to 20 hour drive, probably about a 4,000 mile round trip. I went and had my car worked on. I went and got it ready, and my daughter and I are making this trip, and every day we'll be praying strategically in places across this nation. On Sunday morning, we'll be in Washington, D.C., and we'll be lifting up the name of Jesus. We don't have a political agenda. We have a kingdom agenda because we're of a different kingdom than this world. So here's what I want to do. I want to encourage you to begin to praise God. And over the next few days, why not set your alarm if you're an early uh, if you're an early riser and you go to bed early, set your alarm at midnight and get up at midnight. Open up the word of God 
and make a list of things you can give God praise for. Make a list of the things that God's done for you. And don't spend a lot of time necessarily talking to God and asking him for things, but spend time in his presence worshiping him. And here's what you'll see. God will begin to speak to you, and God will begin to share revelation with you. Our time's almost gone. So before we leave, I'd like to pray for you today. I'd like to say thank you to Dr. Pauline Hughes. It's time to pray, church. It's time to worship, and it's time for midnight praise. That is your secret, secret weapon. So thank you, Dr. Pauline, for allowing me to join you today and be part of this radio broadcast. And I want to pray for you as we get ready to go off the air here in just another moment or two. Father, I thank you for the privilege to come together with God's people through the medium of radio, through the medium of the internet. I thank you, Lord, that you've allowed us to have these tools and we can use these tools for your glory to touch people that we will never see and maybe we'll only meet in heaven. I pray today, Lord, for those who are struggling, those who are at the midnight hour. It's midnight in their lives. They have a tough diagnosis. They have difficulty. They have something in their life that they need to experience breakthrough and see your hand move on their behalf. And today at midnight, Lord, what we're going to do is we're going to give praise to you. We're going to shake off discouragement. We're going to shake off depression. We're going to shake off despair. We're going to shake off distractions. And we're going to look to heaven, and we're going to give you praise in the midnight hour. We're going to pray. We're going to sing hymns and spiritual songs. And we're going to sing in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit and praise in the Spirit. And we're going to believe you to break things open on our behalf. Shake loose the prison doors and the scripture says that the jailer when he saw that the doors were open he sought to kill himself but Paul shouted and said do yourself no harm we're still all here and here's what he said he said Lord what must I do to be saved and Paul said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved